You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears come off the bye. Hang tough with the one-loss Philadelphia Eagles, but end up losing this one in a tight one. How did you take in the game? How are you feeling about it? I was expecting a big loss. I mean, I thought they would, I thought the offense would be okay, but I thought ultimately that Eagle offense would just be way too much for the Bears to handle. So, you know, I think that the spread was nine, I think, going into the game. And, you know, I, I thought there was, the Bears couldn't cover that. So it was, uh, I was surprised it was close. Uh, Again, that just kind of shows you the uh, the fight that this team has in it, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little more as, as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. I think that in I think some people are kind of they're not into moral victories or they're over the moral victories, yeah. but I, this is a different level of moral victory to me. This is a team that you could very well see have a deep playoff run, if not all the way to the Super Bowl. This team is balanced. They can beat you through the air. They can beat you on the ground. They are very good defensively. They they had the best turnover ratio in the league coming into this game. They were the best at taking away the ball and the best at uh, keeping the ball and not giving it away on offense. Like The Eagles are a complete balanced team. It's one of those teams that you look at on paper and you say, yes, this is a Super Bowl contending team. The Bears, on the other hand, they've they've played a lot of games tough, but you know this is a team that had three wins coming into this. You just didn't extend a lot of injuries piling up as well yeah. and a, on a roster that's not particularly talented. You just did not expect them to be able to hang tough against an Eagles team. Well, this is the team that the Bears are striving to be like. You know, they have the quarterbacks in his third year, the coaching staff's in its second year. So now as Bears fans, we look, okay, this this could be where the Bears end up. I think the Eagles were were they had a much better base. When they began the rebuild and the Bears do, the Bears are really bare bones, like not a lot there. So I think it may take the Bears a little longer than the Eagles did. But, you know, I, I mean, the Bears, if they play their cards right, Justin Fields takes that step like, you know, it looks like he's going to take, you know, he's he's been taking it all year. So why wouldn't he take another step in the offseason? You know, the Bears could be competitive and pushing for playoff spot next year. Then down the line, now we're looking at, yeah, this is the team that competes every year. And it's funny because now the Bears, another team with, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, quarterback, another quarterback. A lot of Bears fans say, wait, Justin Fields could be on that trajectory. You know, different players, but, you know, not all quarterback progression is going to be the same. So now we're seeing two quarterbacks back-to-back, two quarterbacks in the MVP discussion, and they both had kind of slow starts to their career. So it's it's good as Bears fans to see that, you know, oh, the, these teams here did it. You know, these quarterbacks did it, so why not us for a change? 
Yeah, the Eagles kind of had a retool, kind of a rebuild on the fly, like where they were still kind of competitive. They had a ton of veterans. They're still going to be Fletcher Cox been around a long time. Uh, Jason Kelsey's been a lot, around a long time. And the Bills, you know, who we're going to see here this next week, more on the rebuild track that the Bears were on in terms of kind of flipping it all the way over. Uh, but there's a lot of similarities with both of these teams where Bears fans are kind of hoping that these teams go. That's what makes these two games interesting. It's not that yeah. you would think that the Bears are going to win them. It's that that you can learn a lot from where these two teams were built. So um, you know where they're built really well is in the trenches. That's yeah. for dang sure. So let's start there. Uh, Trench Tribute this year is sponsored, of course, by our friends at Portillo's. Make sure that you're getting in your entry for the Portillo's Player of the Week to us, wherever you get your bear and balance. If that's on Twitter, if that's on the YouTube, which, by the way, have we have we gotten the last YouTube oh, user? Oh, you know, he did not respond to me. I'm going to have to double check that. So the last show, which was after the Packer game, our winner came from the YouTube comments. And YouTube's not like other social media where I can't just message you, DM you. So it's a little hard to get a hold of you. So I'm going to have to look at I'm going to look while, while, while you're going through the whole trench uh, run. I'm going to double check real quick, see if I can find who that guy was. Right. And, uh, and of course on email to ndcitygridiron at gmail.com. Anyway, get, get us, get us who you like. You want to, I don't care who it is. I mean, pick a relevant person, but you know, uh, tell us who it is. It doesn't have to be in the trenches for us. We're going to pick the trenches because that's where football's played. And for me, it's Mike Pinnell. And I, I said this yesterday on Twitter. I said, this is my guy. And he got a little aggressive uh, on that offsides call, but you know, the entire defensive line had their helmets across the line there. That was maybe one of the funniest things I've ever seen, but it's really for one play. He had a pass defense. That was nice. Had a couple tackles. Okay. That him sniffing out the, the little uh, Miles Sanders dump off to the point where he surprised Miles Sanders. And there is no way that Miles Sanders thought he was getting hit there. He hits him. Right after he, uh, Sanders secures the catch, pops a fumble, and really kept the Bears in this thing. Like three turnovers by the by the Eagles uh, and the, this Bears defense uh, forcing them really kept this team in it for a, a ball club that never turned the ball over coming into this game. So it was incredibly impressive that the Bears defense was able to do this because they have not been getting those kinds of plays all year. And now here you have Mike Pinnell making just that, it's all on him. That that is not a that's not a scheme thing. That's not like a, a luck thing. That is him game film, seeing something, getting out there, making a hustle play, and making a making a great uh tackle where and, and surprising Sanders to force the fumble. So um he, he gets my trench tribute. I just it's one of the best defensive line plays that we've seen all year, and I just think we need to appreciate that. Let's double up on Mike Pinnell, which is that's my guy as well. First off, your your segue was great going into the Trent tribute. I, I like that. Oh uh, yeah, I'm Mike Pinnell, 22 snaps. You said two tackles, uh, one pass knockdown. He had a forced fumble. That was a great play. You know, he's flashed at times this year, but I, I never thought it was consistent enough in the game to say, hey, you know, this is going to be the guy this week for Trent's tribute. Um, part of it is what this week was. Not a lot of other guys stood out, so Pinnell kind of was the guy that kind of flashed there. I mean. The, that play, like you said, that was a that was a, a veteran, thirty-one-year-old Mike Pinnell. He's in his film and he's knowing what's going to happen there. And he read that play and he made a great plan there. So he's on his a one-year contract. He probably won't be here next season. But you know, you need these uh, these backup guys to kind of come in and flash once in a while. And 
maybe Mike Pinnell does enough to to earn a, a gig back next season. Who knows? I think what was particularly impressive is that for a big guy, he was able to get out there and make the play. I don't think that's very easy for a guy his size. And so I think you got to give a little bit of extra bonus points there for him to be able to make that. I mean, that had to just snick instantly for him to be able to get out there and make that play. Just really impressive. I was just, I was just really pleased with it. Um, so, so Pinnell, you get a, you get a double trench, uh, trench tribute. That's like a, that's like a big beef. That's like a, a, a yeah, the big beef. So and, and and I did go back and I found who the last winner was. It was Nate Jejong. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but he won it. Uh, he was in our chat, and we talked about how guys in the chat aren't eligible. And I'm like, you know, they'll, you know, they'll, I'll count those votes too. He was in the chat. He came up in a random number draw. So I can't message him in the chat. So I had to put a comment in there. So hopefully, if anyone knows Nate Dejong. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's D Young. D D Young. Okay, but but maybe Dijon, you know, it's 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 J O N G, J O N G, the least that's that name. I I don't know. I went to school with a De Young, and that's how they oh, that's how oh, they spelled it. So see. that's that's where that's what I'm going with. But okay, however you pronounce it, we don't really care. We just we will we will say we want to give you a hundred bucks. But you gotta you gotta get in contact with Lester. You gotta in a different way. Uh, so so reach out by email or whatever. So all right, let's move on to the tweet of the week. Uh, speaking of names, I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, Matt Urich, Matt Urich, uh, he's a CBS guy, uh, for the bears, the bears hung around in this game. That's a positive. This team doesn't quit. That's a good sign for Matt Eberflus. So I wanted to ask you this question. Do you agree? Do you think that the way that this team fights, the way that this team keeps, uh, keeps, in football games is a direct reflection of this coaching staff is it uh is it a direct reflection of our discounting how much talent this is and maybe they're a little more talented than what we think they are like wh- where do you put this as uh I- in terms of where to put some of the credit for these close games that are happening yeah that's a good call i, I think it is coach flutes i think uh the culture has changed in chicago you know i mean it's not to say it was a bad culture, you know, under Matt Nagy, because he, he seemed to be a player's coach. The players really liked Matt Nagy when he was let go. There were a lot of stuff came out how they really, you know, liked and respected, you know, their previous coach. But it was a different type of like and respect. I think it was more like he's your he's your he's your buddy, he's your pal. Where I think this year it's more fatherly, it seems, because he's a little older. He's you know in his fifties. You know, he's he's old school mentality. He's a defensive guy. Um, and it really seems like the culture he's he's building here, along with the guys that Ryan Poles have brought in for him, it's just uh, they're they're all tryhard guys. They've all bought into that hits principle, which when it was first talked about in you know way back when, there are some snickers like come on, but football people like this kind of stuff, you know, like as as like the outside world, oh that's corny, but football players for the most part they enjoy this weird corny kind of stuff because it's it's something you can you can rally around you know the hits principle it's right there we expect this of you it's it's the accountability and that's something that was was kind of lacking in years past but this year there's accountability you know they're all fighting hard for their coach i mean joe thomas is making plays in the game you know who the hell's joe thomas you know what i mean jack sanborn undrafted free agent you know he he's out there doing stuff you know there's there's guys that are unheralded that are on both sides of the ball that are just they're playing as much as they can, but ultimately the talent's just not there, but they're trying. 
Yeah, I was reminded when you were talking there, I was reminded again, I, I made reference to this, but the 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 all or nothing season with the Arizona Cardinals a few years ago, it's one of the best pieces of television that I've that I've seen in a long time. Bruce Arians, very entertaining guy. Um, and w- one of the things that just kind of stuck, stuck out of my mind was there was this moment where he kept calling. This is a, a cap and T-shirt game. I mean, like if they win the game, they they win the division, they put a cap and T-shirt on. Right. And I never heard that before. I never heard that phrase before. But they kept, you know, these little cutaways of these players and these players are all like, man, you got to step it up a little bit. It's a cap and T-shirt game. Yep. And it was like what they they buy into this stuff. Right. So like, I've kind of added that to my vernacular. Like, OK, it's a cat. It's a cap and T-shirt game. These guys, maybe are a little extra motivated to clinch the division this week. Right. And these you have to kind of find ways to keep these guys motivated throughout. It's a slog. I mean, I'm not playing any games and I'm tired, right? Like I'm tired of covering this team for four months. So imagine trying to get through 17 professional football games. So there, there are these moments where you could see, we're like, man, these guys just didn't show up. You know, they just, they just kind of got flat out beat because they're not competing here. It's not really happened. They've, they've continued to fight. They've, they've come out. They knew the Eagles were a good team. They watch football. They know that they're, you don't just luck into a 12 and one record. They came out and they fought. So I think there's something to it. We're going to see them again next week against, you know, they had the the best NFC team yesterday. They're going to get the best AFC team on Saturday. So we're going to see this team fight again. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable at Soldier Field. They're calling for like, uh, you know, single digit temps, the wind chill, like horrible. There could be a storm coming in the Chicago area. So, you know, it's 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 extra motivation to get up for these these ridiculous you know weather games, but I'm excited to see him play. I'm expecting another big loss, but I also want to see Justin Fields and and some guys flash. And let's keep the uh, the 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 tank train rolling too. I mean, if it's I want to win, but if I don't get it. We got that pizza in the back still. Yeah, right? we still got that pizza in the room. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's head on to your. Uh, let's head on to your tweet. You gonna sh- uh, share your screen? Is that what's gonna happen? Yeah, here? yeah. James Palmer, who does stuff NFL Network, uh, he was in the locker room talking with Darius Slay, and he actually shared a clip. And I want to share the clip because when I heard this, I'm like, it's such a stark contrast to what Bears fans are used to hearing when other uh, defensive players talk about their quarterback. <laughs> now we 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 take that to what we heard defensive players talk about uh Mitch Trubisky for example we want to make him play quarterback we heard something similar about Jay Cutler you know back in the Jay Cutler era you know they just want to make him throw the ball because they know he'll give it away you know the 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 disrespect to the Bears former signal callers was prevalent 
we're not hearing that kind of stuff about uh, Justin Fields. This ain't the first time I've heard we've heard a, 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 a defender praise Justin Fields. Um, it's just strange. I mean, this is not some run of the mill. This is Darius Slay. You know, four Pro Bowls. Uh, he knows Chicago because he was the Lions for a long time. He was a Pro Bowler last year, his first year in Philadelphia. So it's it's cool to me hearing how, you know, it's not just Bears fans that are on the Justin Fields bandwagon. The league is taking notice. You know, the players are taking notice. And and it's 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 interesting because Justin Fields, yeah, he's getting his yards in an unconventional manner. You know, a lot of fans aren't used to the running back, the running style from a quarterback and all the yards that way. You know, but he's putting up yards, he's putting up points. The passing's coming along. He's very efficient as a passer. That's kind of coming through. He has an outside chance at a Pro Bowl here. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, this is big play Slay, right? This is Darius Slay. He's a yeah. very good football player. Like you said, he's been to multiple Pro Bowls and he's, you know, he doesn't have to say any of that stuff, right? None of these guys have to say anything nice. I understand the NFL is a little nicer overall. Like you see a little bit more of that, uh, you know, collegial atmosphere a little bit more now than you maybe used to in the, I don't know, 80s and 90s. You never really heard anybody saying nice things about each other then. But you still see a lot of people trash talking. You still, especially corners, right? Like corners, corners are notorious for trash talking. Yes. He doesn't have to say any of that. And he, he came out and he, man, he can make you miss and he can run right by you. I mean, they, they know, they see it. It is a, it's a different athlete that they're going against. And they said he's tough. You know, a lot of quarterbacks would have just sat in the locker room and not come back out. He came back out and he put another touchdown on. Like, I mean, he, He's saying it like he's telling it real. And I just I think it's really impressive. Uh, it's a fun clip. Again, this season was never going to be about wins and losses. I don't know how many times I have to tell people and on Twitter that come at me on this kind of stuff. Like that's not what this season was about. And if you think it was, then you just weren't paying attention. But this is what this season is about. It's about Justin yeah. Fields. It's about the progress and whether or not the Bears have a guy. They got a guy. They got a guy. Everybody sees it. Like you said, Pro Bowl. I'll bet you Justin Fields is going to be on that stupid top 100 player show next year, right? With you know, oh. I mean, like stuff like that, right? That's going to. He's a guy. Like he he is going to be the guy for Chicago for a while, and he's going to be the guy on all the posters and all the promo ads. Like this is how they're going to sell games. This is Bears are going to be. They're going to finish potentially three and fourteen. Like that's not out of the the. That's not out of the realm of possibility for them to, to to finish with three wins. And I'll bet you they get four primetime games next year, right? Oh, like yeah. they're, they're not going to cut Never. fields out of primetime. They're going to still put them in there. Yeah. Big market. They can sell Justin Fields. Like it's not going to hurt them at all. So uh, this this is real. This is a real thing. So let's uh, let's move on to caught up in a numbers game. My number is 86.9. That is the passer rating for Jalen Hurts when targeting AJ Brown versus uh, Jalen Johnson in coverage. Now that's that's a, that's a fine passer rating. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Yeah. This is Jalen Hurts who's in the MVP conversation, and he is throwing to AJ Brown, who it's like perfectly matched up for, and AJ Brown has just been eating like crazy all year. Uh, that is well below the annual the, the average this year for Jalen Hurts when target targeting AJ Brown and you can't do this like you cannot take out the 68 yard gain uh, yeah. that that you can't do that that's not how stats work um 
other than that uh, that 68 yard game, the passer rating was 58, right? So, so Jalen had the one big play that he gave up. Obviously he wants that one back, but what I, what I saw was, you know, it's five catches on 11 targets against one of the best receivers in the league in an offense that's just clicking and humming right now. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Only three of those catches went for first downs. That's really good. 11 times targeted and only give up three first downs. This, you can't shut these guys down. And, and, and Jalen Johnson is going to have his opportunities to play some of the best wide receivers in the game here. And as long as he's healthy here, um, he's going to be able to get Stefan Diggs next week. He's going to be able to get, uh, um, Justin Jefferson in the last week, assuming that the Vikings are alive to play their starters. And so he's going to have his opportunities to continue to play against these really good wide receivers and show just how good, a, good he is. And when the bears come back into a better record, he's already kind of turning some heads. He's already yeah. kind of showing that he can, he can match up, he can play. And I, I was just really impressed with him. I thought that, that was a, that was a good game out of him. Um, I, I don't know. I, you're looking for silver linings for, from this Bears defense, and and I think it starts with Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I'm with you. I got a little more on him later on in the show. He's just uh, he's a good football player, and he's kind of shown that during his career. The injuries have kind of nagged him a little bit here and there, and you mentioned that there he, he has a rib injury. He's going to try and fight through. He talks about it today. He's going to see if he can play through it. Um, I mean, if, it's, if he's not 100%, three and three and 11 sit him down you know uh this season's about next season that's just how it is you know get a chance to look at some of the younger guys but yeah he, he had a nice game i mean i was i was tweeting about him during the game as i was watching it live he just you know uh, he was sticky in coverage he was physical you know he, he was making plays making tackles and then you talk about the big the big catch great throw from an mvp candidate great catch by a by a legitimate number one receiver in the game big physical player Man, can you imagine if uh, if Justin Fields had a weapon like that? Wow, you know, and you know, AJ Brown, Dante Smith, you know, there's some good weapons in in Philly. Not to mention the great offensive line. So, you know, the, again, we talk about this is the this is the path we hope the Bears are on is to get something like what Philly has here. Absolutely. What did you have to the, this week? My number this week is one and one, as in uh, David Montgomery had a receiving touchdown. And a rushing touchdown in the same game, which is the first time he's ever done it in his entire career. So I asked our guy, Jack Silverstein, because I know he has the stat head membership over at Pro Football Reference, to dig in some history for me. Uh-oh. So I, I thought it'd be a little further than this, but do you know who the last uh, bear to do this was? Forte. It came last season. Oh, no kidding. Darnell Mooney did it last year. <laughs> yeah, I was a little oh. surprised as well. Okay. Prior prior to that, it was uh, and here's a couple of great names for 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 Bears of the past, uh, both in the 2015 season, Kadeem Carey did it. Wow, and Jeremy Langford did it. Wow, yeah, I never would have expected. If you would have gave me a, a million guesses, I never would have pulled those two names. Kadeem Carey, a quick uh, a nugget for the WCG old school faithful. We used to have a poster who swore up and down Kadeem Carey was the next Walter Payton. <laughs> he would not stop about it his entire rookie year. And then he kind of just faded away. I don't think he's with the site anymore, but crazy. But but I do have a quiz for you. So this okay. has been done about uh, close to 50 times throughout Bears history. Uh-oh. So I'm going to ask you who the top, top players that have the most one-and-ones, one receiving one, one rushing touchdown in Bears history. And there are 
I got four top four, but uh, there are a couple ties. So I'm going to give you uh, you got six names to pull me here. Okay, Peyton. Peyton is is the second. He did it seven times in his illustrious career. Okay, uh, I will say uh, Matt Forte. Matt Forte is on the list, and and prior to Jeremy Langford, Matt Forte did it three in a row, and he has th- those are his only three. So he is a three tied with another uh, Chicago Bear. Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers has done it four times. He's on the list as well. George McAfee. George McAfee is not on the list. There's a <laughs> strike. We're giving you three strikes. I, I'm going to go with this, the, the, the <sighs> three strike here. So McAfee is your first strike. There's someone that tied with Forte with three. Someone tied with Sayers at four. And you still haven't got the top guy yet. Oh, crap. Uh, that's uh, that's not good. How about Rick Casares? Rick Casares is not on there. Okay. Strike strikes. two. Man. Man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm trying to pull an old name because I feel like there's there's an old name. Um is not, it not an old not, name? Not that old. It's not, a little old. Older than us, but not like back in the uh uh you know McAfee days. Well, I'm surprised with McAfee because he was such a he was such a dual threat. So yeah. that that surprises me that he wouldn't have been on there. So uh, but not way back in the day is what you're saying. So, so stop, stop trying to pull the, pull the crazy name out of the right, yeah. uh, out of the books here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is there a, is it a random name? There's one name where you may think, you know, that's surprising to you. How about um, like a, how about like a Brad Muster? Brad Muster is on the list. He tied with Gale series with four. Okay. Brad Muster, of course, is a, a talented fullback back in the day. Okay. Great in Tecmo Bowl for those of you that play that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're missing the number one, and you're missing the gentleman who is tied with Matt Forte with three. How about Thomas Jones? Eh, that's not, your, not enough games. Not, not enough, enough games. games. All right, who did I miss? Willie Gallimore. Oh, see, that's the old guy I was going to say. I was definitely that was my next. That guess. was your he one old. That's not too I old. said not too old. A that's old pretty old. That's fifties. That's the fifties. That's old. 50s, 60s, right? Okay. Anyway, I, my bad. I kind of I was gonna you. say Gallimore. When I said Casares and Gal, that was my that was my double okay. guess. That's fine. I, I'll, I'll take the loss. I should have just oh, went with it. You missed number one though, with Who's nine one? nine of them, Neil Anderson. Oh man, really? I wouldn't have pictured him much out of the backfield. So that's he was such a uh, a talented player. He had a nice four-run stretch where he was probably the best back in the game. Four straight Pro Bowls after Peyton left. And then it kind of just fell off really quick for him. But uh, as far as as Bear Lore, he was a uh, a very good running back. Yeah, I just I wouldn't have thought of him catching the ball much out of the back. Nine of them, uh, nine man. one of the ones. Yeah. All right. Well, I, Brad Muster, and I and I do I want to give myself credit for Gallimore a little bit because that that was the name that I was gonna. I, I steered you. I, I got right. you away there. That's all right. I shouldn't have taken the. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have let it enter my brain. I should have just went with it. <laughs> So I thought McAfee, man, I'm, I'm bummed about McAfee. Yeah. That, that felt like a, that felt like that was going to happen. Cause he was kind of the original, like all purpose, like, you know, he punt returns, kick returns, catch the ball out of the backfield. Like he, he just did everything, you know, he played good corner. I, I don't know. Anyway. I'll give you one really old name. I know Jack mentioned to me in our, in our chat that the first guy to do it was uh, Jack Manders. Automatic Jack Manders. He was the first player to first bear to do it. He told me so. Okay. Well, he was a, he's a good kicker. That's the, that's the story on automatic Jack. So, all right. Well, I failed the quiz now, uh, paying my head in shame as we move (laughs) on to the fields report. 
So field, uh, Justin Fields, 14 to 21, 152 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I think that's important against this Eagles defense and particularly trying to come back uh, in the game. Six sacks uh, Six for sacks. 61 yards loss. So it gives you a lot of work to do uh, in this week's sack watch. 119.5 passer rating, which is very impressive, particularly, again, against this Eagles uh, team. You know, the Eagles pass defense was like best in the league. They had the fewest yards given up coming into this game. And, you know, again, Fields only has 152, but th- yeah, that, that's what they were doing to everybody all year. Uh, but the fact that he was as efficient as he was, was, was incredibly impressive. 15 carries, that's a little high, but 15 carries for 95 yeah. yards gives him exactly 1,000 on the year. He is the third quarterback to do this all time. Uh, Lamar Jackson has done it twice, and Michael Vick has has done it once. And so he's he's currently in fourth place all time. He gets six more yards. He'll pass Lamar Jackson for third. He gets 40 more yards from where he's at right now. He'll ha- He'll pass Michael Vick. And then he needs 207 overall here to break Lamar Jackson's record as a quarterback. He's got three games to do it. It's less than 70 yards a game. I think he can do it. Can you imagine? I think he had three long runs that he got called back this season over a yeah. goofy penalties. Then, of course, he had the one where he stepped out of bounds uh, you know, yesterday. So left a lot of yards in the field out there. So, yeah, Fields is uh, – Again, we talk about him, him as a passer. He doesn't have a lot of volume. Okay, he's just not being asked to pass a lot. Plus, he's being sacked a lot. Plus, he's being forced to scramble a lot. So, a lot of the stuff Justin Fields does. You mentioned the pass rating that that one nineteen point five. That's the highest any quarterback has done against the Eagles this season. Any starter this year, um, they had been allowing seventy six point three pass rating. Again, best in the league. Justin Fields came out and just obliterated that. Uh, the previous best against Philly was Ryan Tannehill's 97.0. Uh, so Justin Fields came out. He was efficient. Uh, he was good with the ball in his hands. Of course, the touchdowns inflate that. But, you know, both those touchdown passes were nice passes. He had the one uh, on a nice hot route read to David Montgomery. The other one, he's kind of scrambled around. And his scrambling, his scrambling does a lot against the defense. One thing it does, it pulls defenders. So Brian Pringle, wide open. But, again, kudos to Justin Fields for keeping his eyes up and seeing that guy. So, you know, you, you always talk about pass rating. It's not a perfect stat, you know, but there's some positive to take when you look at the overall gameplay. I just, I mean, in some ways, the degree, it's like, uh, I don't know anything about this. So I'm, I'm, I've, I've just decided I'm stepping out onto a ledge that I'm, I don't know anything about. So please forgive me, but you ever watch the Olympics and yeah. there's nothing else on TV. And so you stay for the diving competition because you have nothing better to do with your life because I don't understand it. I don't understand diving at all, but there's like the degree of difficulty, yeah. right? I think gymnastics has the same thing, right? Or like the based on uh, figure skating, right? They, they all these, they have a degree of difficulty. So based on what you're choosing to do, there's uh, you get more points. It's a high, it's a higher point for you. And if you execute that higher degree of difficulty, well, that's how you win competitions. Okay. This is the highest degree of difficulty that there is. This is a, yeah. this is an incredibly good defense. The only defense probably that I would take above the Eagles defense right now would be the Niners, right? The Niners are playing really good football. Um, and so, you know, take take that away. They're, they're at least 
by anybody's measure, they're a top five defense. Degree yeah. of difficulty doesn't get much higher than this. And he was very efficient. He was he found a way to move the ball and score points on this team that quite frankly just doesn't give up much for yards or points. And he kept the ball like he, he did not give the ball away. I I mean, he's been really good at that this last half of the year. He hasn't been giving the ball away. So I, I don't know, man. Like I, I get that they're not winning these games, but once you kind of turn away from that very basic marker, I think you have to be really impressed with what he's been able to do since that mini bye week. Yeah, the Eagles had the most sacks in the league. Uh, and I think with their six, they're still on top. Uh, the Bills next week, you know, they're, I think, top 10 in sacks. But then they get a couple teams in, in the Lions and, and the Vikings. You know, their pass rush is not quite as ferocious. So maybe Chicago's pass pro can settle in a little bit. And maybe we can see a little more uh, throwing from Justin Fields as far as all the scrambling, all the running. So I'm excited to see what he does these next few games. I'm not expecting a win in any of them. I think the Bears will probably be uh, an underdog in, in every game. Maybe the Vikes, if uh, it comes out early, if they, if they sit Cousins. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard to see what, what they'll do because no one knows. There's only one bye now in the playoffs. So it's like even if they get the second seed, you know, they know they're playing, so they may sit them. They may not. Some coaches have a philosophy where they don't want other guys to get rusty, so they play them anyway. So regardless, I think Justin Fields can can put up some points and, and yards on the Vikings and, and on the Lions. Yeah, just I'll just say this about the Vikings. As, as long as they have the ability to get the number one seed, obviously they'll keep playing. But I yeah. think as long as the number two seed is in question, they'll keep playing because – if you have the two seed, you're guaranteed two home playoff games, assuming yeah. you win in wildcard weekend. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, they'll just they'll just take it off if, you know, because who cares between two and three seed? Oh, they care. Yeah, they, they definitely want that home game um, in that next round. So that's still live. So keep watching to make sure that the Niners and the Vikings have uh, a similar record. The Niners have the tiebreaker for all of the scenarios I was running anyway. This, the the Niners would move above the, the Vikings in seed if they have the same record at the end of the year. So the Vikings just have to, or the, sorry, the Niners just have to tie them. So as long as there's some, uh, either a tie or the Vikings are one game up on the, on the Niners for that seeding, they'll play their starters. So just, you know, plus it, it came out today that Jalen Hurts, the, uh, when, when, when Trevis Gibson, he's Trevis now again. I see Moose Johnson is back calling him Trevis. So when, when Travis Gibson fell on him, he kind of hurt his shoulder. Um, it's not a broken collarbone, but a strain. Probably going to miss some time. So if you're missing Jalen Hurts, you know, I know they got the Cowboys this week, I believe. Cowboys this weekend, yeah. That's a that's a tough team. So, you know, the Eagles may not, you know, coast to that best record overall, especially without their uh, MVP candidate, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, also makes my Bills best record in the league bet come live again so yeah that'd be nice nice <laughs> i'll take what i can get all right let's take a quick break and uh, on the other side of this we'll do everybody's favorite segment the three bears support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference that's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, three bears time, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, just right. I'm going to go very basic. I'll do it, make it really quick. Hot bowl, Justin Fields. Um, I really think degree of difficulty for me, I just didn't, I, I couldn't envision them keeping it close. I'd be completely honest with you. I just couldn't envision it. You got to give a little bit of credit, obviously, to the defense for for slowing down the Eagles and keeping them off the scoreboard. But Fields kept him in this thing, man, and, he, and he's, you know, again, that's a that's a really efficient line, 119 pass rating. You don't luck into something like that uh, against the Eagles. Those guys were impressed by him. He had 95 yards and rushing. Like I just, it, I, I understand the spirit of it as as a guy that's you know impressing you beyond what you expect. Maybe you say, well, this is what we expect from him. Yeah. This is a high degree of difficulty. Yeah. We haven't seen necessarily this degree of difficulty for him. I I got to give it to him. I got to give it to him. It's basic, but I got to give it to him. I mean, we can go with him most weeks. You know, he he just does stuff. You know, he does fantastic stuff. You know, that that run, I actually did a tweet earlier today because I saw that run where he got called out of bounds. Watching it live, my first thought was Steve Young, that, that iconic run he had against the Vikings back in 88. You know, it's, you know, growing up, I watched a lot of NFL film stuff, so that was always replayed. So I saw that run, and that's my first thought of that. So I actually tweeted out back-to-back videos showing those two runs, and it's just he does something special every single week. He does something where you're like, you know, it's just magical watching him play football. And I, I hope he stays healthy. I hope this this whole thing is built how how we want it to be built. And I hope we we can finally have a, a, a outstanding quarterback in the city of Chicago for the first time in forever. It's, it's long awesome. time, longer long than time. we've been around. Long time. So for, for my hot, you know, I'm I'm going a little more in the spirit of of what's hot is a guy that performed better than I thought. Undrafted free agent cornerback Jalen Jones, he got the start over a uh, Kendall Vilder, who was a healthy scratch. Now he was coming off an injury. Vilder was, but you know he he had practice in full the whole week. You know the, the, the coaching staff talked about how they kind of weren't sure if he'd be active or not, even though he practiced in full. He was active. He was a healthy scratch. Maybe they just wanted to give him a little extra time with the injury to be on the safe side. Well, regardless, Daniel Jones has been taking advantage of a lot of playing time this season. He played 64 snaps. Um, he was the starting outside guy when they went to nickel. Kyler Gordon kicked inside, and then they put, you know, Jalen Jones outside. Five tackles. You know, nothing too too spectacular, but, you know, he's just a guy that's maybe playing his way into a future with this team. He got to start against the Packers. He played pretty good there. You know, we talk about this fantastic offense for Philly. And, you know, they put up 25 points, which is, from, from our standpoint, 25 is great. But, you know, that's not really what they're used to. You know, they've been doing more than this. So I got to go Jalen Jones uh, this week for the hot. Yeah, I like it. We got a lot of Jalens. A lot of Jalens. A lot of Joneses. A lot of Joneses. Right? Yeah. It's, kind of a, it's kind of the perfect name for this team. It's it obvious that he was going to sign here because there's Jalens and Joneses all over. So, yep, good stuff. I like that I have uh, no no notes, no argument there. 
Let's uh, flip it around. Cold bowl of porridge. Um, I'm going to Valus Jones. There it is. Yeah. Another Jones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is he like single-handedly given the Bears a top five pick? I, I mean, like th- these, these are huge fumbles in pretty key situations that he's had. And at some point, you just have to kind of look at it and say, all right, like you either you got to like be very generous and just write off the rookie year and say, let's try it again next year. Or you have to say, this ain't it, man. This this might not be your thing. That's my guy too, Valus Jones Jr. Uh, this is his third fumble now this season. And he's got what? Like seven 10 touches. 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 I'm like, well, come on, dude. That's not good. Coach Eberflus has talked about him a little bit in his post-game press run against today in his, uh, his Monday press run. You could just hear the disappointment in his voice when he talks about Jones, you know, and, and he was asked if he was going to, you know, go on the bench, you know, if this is something that was bench worthy. And he didn't say no. He didn't say yes. He kind of like, again, he says he's very stern. You can just hear his disappointment when he talks about him. Something the coaching staff will talk about. But when you're missing Chase Claypool, Nikhil Harry, uh, Equinemius St. Brown without with an injury. You know, actually, Velas Jones got to start this week. They started off in a three receiver set. He was out there starting with the unit. So they don't have a lot at receiver, you know, so he's probably going to get reps because they have no one else. If everyone's back and healthy, maybe, yeah, you put him to the bench, but as bad as he's looked, I'd rather see him than Dante Pettis still just because you got to put him out there. Like it's a fine line because he's clearly pressing because of the mistakes. He's clearly pressing because he's a third round draft pick. And, you know, he was talked up in the preseason. He had a nice, you know, nice camp, you know, he did some stuff and, you know, so I'm sure he had high expectations. So he's pressing when he gets the ball in his hands, wanting to do something really bad. But it's just he's got to learn how to chill, learn how to just let the game come to him. Yeah, uh, Simba Webster got some Simba got Webster some, got some reps, I think, oh. probably because of Velas Jones, yeah. right? And like Simba Webster comes, he gets targeted, he gets a catch, and then like he gets up, and I think he was just kind of like, "Oh, I, I'm still in, okay." And then like he's like going to the line, he's like, "What? What's happening? What's happening?" And yeah. he gets targeted the next, and gets another catch. It was like. All of a sudden, Simba Webster is is in this game plan. This is the most bizarre thing. But again, you're so far down on the depth chart where you're starting Velas Jones. You don't necessarily want to, uh, and he does that to you. And then you have to go even deeper. And a guy like Simba, who's a special teamer, is now out there getting getting targets. Right? Justin has to throw somebody. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's pretty insane uh, what's happening with that. But that's it's rough, man. I mean, at some point. You know, you take away those fumbles that he's had this year. I mean, the Bears have a couple more wins, I think. I'm not saying they would have won this game, uh, but like I, they probably they, they win that Washington game. You know, I they're all in weird big spots too. It's Be just, careful, you're gonna have people on Twitter now, they're gonna have like a Valus Jones conspiracy tank thing going on. Yeah, it, right about it's they're gonna he, they're gonna talk the about guy, how yeah. it was worth the third round pick yeah, because of all the extra value that that he's added to the, the Bears draft pick, right. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. All right. Just right. Um, you mentioned it earlier, but David Montgomery, 12 carries, 53 yards, 4.4 average, one touchdown. He added three catches for 38 yards and another touchdown. I think he's just been really impressive out of the backfield as uh, as a ball catcher. And I'm I just want to see more of that. It was one of my bets on the gamblers den uh, prop bets. There was over under was two catches for 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 david montgomery and i was like ah, I'm, I'm going over there and he, he barely cleared it but he cleared it with with a touchdown so I was, I was happy to see that but 
they need to get him more involved. I, I think yeah. that he they're not necessarily appreciating just how much value he brings, particularly with a banged up receiving core and a you know low talent uh, receiver room. Let's see David Montgomery get more of his touches uh, in the in the receiving game rather than just uh, ball carries. So for me, it's David Montgomery. Really impressive game. Again, two touchdowns is, is really nice. Keep keep giving him the ball. Find ways to get it to him. I'd rather see him get some of those screens than Cole Komet. And I'm a Cole Komet fan. I like Cole Komet. But sometimes I think you know, Montgomery's a little better option there. I think he can run some of those option routes. I think he has that kind of skill set. I mean, we've seen the Bears, you know, in, even in, in past regimes where they've kind of split him out, let him kind of work outside and and go through the route tree there. You can run him on a slant. You can do stuff with David Montgomery. You can get him, get him involved in other ways except for just – as a runner. So yeah, I'm with you. I want to see more David Montgomery. Quick, quick, quick story about Montgomery. I actually saw him when I was at Christmas shopping over the bye week He was at the Vernon Hills mall. I, he, I was sitting down with my family and he kind of walked by and I looked and I'm like, that's Montgomery. He looked at me, gave me the nod, I gave him the nod. And it was it. I'm not really going to go bother him when he's out there shopping, but real little guy, man. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty big. So to me, most guys are little, but I didn't recognize him at first. I thought he was, uh, he looks much bigger on, on TV. Well, I would imagine that as your six foot six frame, uh, <laughs> that most running backs look pretty small. You'd have yeah, to take probably. a Derrick Henry type for you to be like, well, that guy's pretty big. Yeah. What about you? Nice you have? Uh, for me, my Jalen Johnson talked to him earlier on the top. Jalen Johnson, um, this is the kind of play I expect out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was shadowing AJ Brown. Right to left. He wasn't taking him in the slot. You know, uh, they were letting Kyler Gordon take him when he went to the slot, which I guess that's good for Kyler Gordon if they had the kind of trust in him to do that. But he was going right to left. Whenever he was outside, A.J. Brown, Jalen Johnson was on him, three pass breakups, six tackles. Again, we're talking about one of the best receivers in the game, a legitimate number one guy. I mean, when, when Bears fans say, hey, they want a number one, this is the kind of guy they're talking about. He was available last last offseason. You know, that's another story. Um, but but overall, nice game from Jalen Johnson. Um, he's kind of on that fringe Pro Bowl uh, potential kind of guy and, you know, still fairly young in the league three years. So just right, Jalen Johnson. Let's just keep this going. Hopefully the rib injury is not too bad because I think he's, like you said, some nice tests coming up in the next few weeks. And I'd rather have him out there than, uh, you know, Ken Vilder back out there. Yeah, again, with those talented wide receiver is going to be rough although who knows what's going to happen in a uh blizzard i mean bears bears games this year and weather have just been kind of insane but in a blizzard against the bills maybe it doesn't really matter that if you have corners you just need you know more linebackers you need you need to get like six sandborns out there and just just have just have a bunch of linebackers making tackles across jack, the jack sandborn's hurt now so man he really yeah, he got yeah. hurt toward the end of the game, and uh, when Coach Flus talked about him today, he didn't sound uh, optimistic, kind of like one of these, we'll wait and see what happens. And the first injury report actually comes out tomorrow on Tuesday since they have the early game this week, so we'll get that early report uh, Tuesday afternoon. Okay, well, I I thought that uh, Sanborn did play pretty well uh, when he, he was did. in there because he was able to really kind of track – uh, Hertz had that really nice play where he caught him from behind, kind of snuck in behind. I didn't know he had enough speed to do that. You know, Aaron Twitter told me he was slow, so I don't know what's going on there. Hertz isn't the fastest quarterback in the world, obviously, um, but you know, to to make the decision to go behind the line of scrimmage and then catch him from behind, it's a really nice play. It was really, really good to see. 
Uh, I was hoping to maybe watch a little Sam Bourne versus uh, Josh Allen. That would have been that would have been pretty fun. So hopefully he's okay and he can get back in this one. So, uh, well, let's uh, let's close out here. Um, what's going on with you right now as we kind of turn towards the final few games? We're kind of getting everything kind of buttoned up here. The end of the calendar year, end of the schedule year, as we start to kind of peek towards off-season content i don't know how much i want to reveal quite yet we got some fun stuff lined up uh what about you what do you got yeah i mean i mentioned that everyone all the guys that that podcast stuff uh the video stuff and the writing stuff at at wcg i'm like now it's time to start thinking about it start thinking about the draft stuff i mean jacob infante has been doing draft stuff all year he it's always draft season for him so he's always putting scouting reports up there um i believe jacob is going to the uh, senior bowl this year um, so that should be fun. Robert may be going, Thank you may be going yep. to the East West. Are you I'm, still kind of working out some details on that? I have a theory that the bears coaching staff might be invited to the shrine bowl. And if that happens, I'm going to try my level best to get out there. Life may prevent me from doing that, but I may, I may try to get out to the shrine bowl in Vegas, uh, to, to try to get close to this Everflus coaching staff. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Should be fun. A lot, a lot of cool stuff in the offseason. You mentioned a couple projects coming up, and uh, real excited once we get a chance to make those uh, make those announcements. But yeah, there's some neat stuff coming up. Obviously, I got sack watch. I already started working on it. I don't even have the all twenty two yet from Robert, but I'm like, man, with six sacks, I got to get an early start, see what I can see. And luckily, I guess not the right word, but some of the sacks were so obvious when I was watching <laughs> through them. I don't really need the all twenty two to know that you know Justin Fields got wrecked within uh, within two seconds. That's probably going to be on. The, the lineman yeah it looked like uh cody white here is probably gonna get called out look like uh braxton jones is gonna get called out so uh you got your you got plenty of work to do we'll put yeah, it that you, way you know i saw the pff uh someone shared those in a chat i'm in and, and they don't have braxton jones response for any of the sacks according to the pff and oh okay when i was watching through it i'm like yeah, this is gonna be on braxton jones he missed a stunt coming back to him i mean yeah. maybe i'll look at the all 22 again kind of see but yeah i think i may differ from those this time yeah i that's what i saw in real time but that's okay i I can be wrong i'll I'll admit that i can be wrong all right well we'll get out of here we'll stick around for the youtube questions for a while if you want to join us on youtube please do so we come at you 6 p.m central time every day after the game monday almost always uh tuesdays if it's monday nights and all that kind of stuff we're not going to do that on christmas though we're going to wait until monday next wait week till monday, uh, yeah. so and and probably uh the, the january 2nd too we'll, we'll, we'll stick with mondays uh, uh as, as we as we move forward but until next time thanks for listening bear down Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.